Connect with your potential customers wherever they are. Effective uses Comcast viewership data insights to combine advanced targeting capabilities with premium TV and streaming content so you can deliver the best ad experiences to your audience no matter how they watch. Visit EFFECTV.com. Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Do you want here we are with uh, Jordan Harry, the head of PR at Phoenix Community Capital. Um, we are at the Grid Daily House here in Austin at Consensus Coindesk event, and we're so excited to have you here, Jordan. Um, what I'd like to do is start, up, uh, start a little bit about your background, and then we can get into the topic that we're going to discuss today, which is the philosophy of wealth and what that actually really means. So, Jordan, please introduce yourself. I mean, uh, we've had some time together, but I'd like the audience to hear who you are and why you exist. Excellent. So the elephant in the room is my British accent here from the UK, and it's an absolute honor to be out here with yourself, and all the beautiful work that you're doing in the space. So myself, uh, a mere seven years ago, I was teaching people how to read faster and remember more. I ran a speed reading and memory training company, all because I can articulate myself. I used to have a lisp, which you probably find hard to believe now because I speak so posh. <laughs> and that's thanks to my mum. However, when the pandemic hit, it was a real wake up call for me because I was truly financially illiterate especially my mindset about money was completely wrong. There was this idea that rich people are evil and no human wants to become something they think is evil. So I was never going to become rich. So the pandemic grounded me and it taught me to find other ways to create this resource called money. And thankfully a friend of mine put me onto XRP. That was my gateway into crypto but what I realized was, although crypto is going to create this um, transfer of wealth, sadly, very few people will stay and truly reap the rewards from this space. Because as we know, rich is loud, wealth is quiet. It isn't sexy. And it's conversations like this where you'll understand what it takes to build wealth. So um, I'm hoping today on this podcast that anyone listening becomes 1% better in terms of creating wealth. 1% better is, uh, is a philosophy that a, a few people know about, um, but I think more people should ascribe to that. So when we talk about 1% better, is it 1% better per day, 1% better per year? What does that really mean? How do you become 1% better um, as an individual? I wish I saw these questions before. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Kareem, I like it because you're forcing me to go deeper into my subconscious to really dig out something truly unique, um, which is for myself, I schedule every day as if this was going to be my dream day. Now, at the end of the day, I may have done half my run, eaten one banana when I was meant to eat two, so on and so forth. So at the end of the day, I probably hit maybe 51% of my dream day. That would have made me 1% better. Instead of beating myself up about, ah, I should have completed that run. Instead, touch wood, tomorrow will be a new day. And if I'm lucky enough to rise in the morning, I have an opportunity to be 52% better to complete that run. And so one thing that I do, and I haven't shared this with you off air, actually, 
which is at night, I tell myself, and I truly believe it, that I'm going to rest to die now. So when I go to sleep, I truly believe, okay, today was done. And what's powerful about that, Kareem, is two things. Number one is you look back on the day you just had and you say to yourself, what would I have done differently? And then number two is when you wake up in the morning, you've already won because you already said to yourself, hey, this is over. So when you do wake up in the morning and at the beginning, and there'll be days where you truly don't believe it and, you know, you feel pretty pooey. You have to say to yourself, I've got another chance now to rectify. So this is, this is quite interesting. So actually your night or your, your, the following day begins with the night that you are in previously. So we have to be aware of the night that is follow is preceding the day. And so it sort of leads into each other that every day and every night you're living your very best life mm. to make sure that the next day is great. Correct. Correct. Uh, great. So I, I, I'm really, uh, so when we look at your personal philosophy and then we look at the philosophy of wealth and the philosophy of living your best life, uh, you've ascribed to the fact that you're trying to make improvements in your personal life every day. Let's relate that a little bit to what you do um, on a regular basis uh, as, as a day job, which is Phoenix, Phoenix Community Capital. Tell us a little bit more about that institution, uh, what it does, how it um, executes on its business model, and what you see happening there. Excellent. And it's something close to my heart um, because in investing, we're taught to diversify. But also be careful not to over-diversify. If you spread a thousand pounds across six different opportunities, even if one takes off, it's still not life-changing. Of course, that's subjective. So that's one principle we're all taught is to diversify. And in crypto, many of us think we're diversified if we hold XLM and XRP because we're in two different um, digital assets. But still, that's one asset class, which is under the umbrella of cryptocurrency. So if the cryptocurrency market is down, as we're experiencing right now, so too is 100% or 90% of your net worth. So at PCC, we realized that one of the biggest problems crypto investors face is diversification, especially if they're not an accredited investor yet. So we help investors in crypto diversify their portfolio into real world assets like hotels, banks with their hundred or thousand pounds. And by investing on our platform, they then get paid out on a monthly basis through an airdrop from the profits of those real world Oh, assets. good. So you're actually investing in, in, in real life opportunities yes. and you uh, expose these opportunities to your investors and so they can diversify their, their holdings. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great philosophy. I mean, we, we look at the market today and uh, a lot of people are, are crying because they've lost a, a significant amount of wealth, whether it's in the public markets or in the crypto markets. And, and what you're suggesting here is uh, folks should think about how they're investing and the purpose of their investment strategy is to get the best out of what they do. Um, in your community that you deal with, so what we'd like to do is touch on, you're in Europe, London specifically, uh, or England now, um, and, have you, and you're visiting the U.S. How would you compare the investors that exist in the U.S. as opposed to the uh, investors that exist globally? What is, is there a difference? It's... Difficult for me to answer that because I have to be aware of my own confirmation bias, as we were talking about yesterday, which is my ecosystem is surrounded by U.S. investors. My body clock runs on Eastern time in the U.K. Yeah. So um, the number one thing we notice in the U.K. 
is although we're a smaller country, I guess this paves way for my answer. There is less of a community when it comes to investing full stop. It is all centralized in London. And if you're not in London, there's nothing for you. So it's very lonely, which crypto in general is lonely. But in the UK, you really are part of a minority. And then if we look at, I can be found crypto investor in the UK. What are their mindsets? We understand in the UK, and this is a sweeping statement, so I could be wrong, that our investment decisions and strategies are not determined by regulation, government control, and that in some sense, we have true autonomy with what we do. I mean, we don't have, again, sweeping statement, any restrictions on what assets we can buy. I was having a conversation yesterday, and apparently... Correct me, Kareem, if I'm wrong. Uh, Texas is the only state where you can buy XRP. I don't know if they were over-exaggerating, but it must be one of the few in the U.S. <laughs> no, no, they, they, yeah, no, you can buy XRP anywhere you want. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's not, it, Texas may have a lot of people invested in XRP, but I, we see globally a lot of folks invest in XRP. If mm-hmm. you look at, if you look at Asia and-, and Oh, the, in the U.S., U- I meant, with the, the exchanges US, no, delisting no. it. I mean, what, what, what we have found is when the- uh, when the uh, when Ripple, the the parent company, went into the issue with the SEC, and the, which they're still re- hoping to rectify soon, uh, a lot of the exchanges sort of like diminished uh, their availability or eliminated the availability to a lot of investors the yeah. opportunity for XRP. Uh, one of our uh, strategic partners, Uphold, uh, the the wallet, uh, continued to suggest that XRP was valuable and continued to have XRP. And then, uh, obviously, with uh, the Link2 platform, you can get involved with the, the infrastructure company, which is Ripple, mm-hmm. uh, which, a lot, uh, which, which you can only get currently um, effectively on the Link2, Link2 app, which is wonderful. So, you know, we've seen a lot of upside on that, and there's a lot of believers in the whole infrastructure of XRP and what they're building for global um, transference of currency. Uh, so, no, it's, it's, uh, it's available. Uh, limited, yeah, and and we limited have it, so. to better work. Yeah, yeah, we have less limitations in the UK, right? And um, whilst I know here, there's a few more hoops you have to there are a jump few hoops. through. So, um, having spoken to uh, various people during this conference, uh, you know, some folks feel that they're a little late to the game if they're sort of middle aged to later age and getting involved with the crypto and Web 3.0, um, blockchain, and the metaverse, and. Um, they feel like they're behind the curve. And what's interesting to me is what you've done with StudyFast. Help me or help the audience understand how what you did at StudyFast Mm -hmm. uh, enables uh, people to learn more quickly. So it all came from a personal pain, from not being able to speak correctly. And if you can't pronounce the words, well, you can't read the words. So I had a below average reading speed. So the average reading speed is 250 words per minute. Won't mean much to most people. So I went for my own journey and I managed to attain 1,400 words per minute. So nearly seven times faster. Incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So you think, wow, I have that superpower where I can read seven times faster than the average person. And that does vary. If I'm reading about something I don't understand, I have to slow down. If I'm reading something about blockchain technology, well, I can stay at my seven times faster speed. So when you put myself next to someone who can only read, at 250 words per minute. In crypto and almost any industry, we feel uh, time in the game equals uh, success. Um, it comes with, yes, of course, its own scars. 
So I used to look at the people that had 10 years experience, very few in the crypto space and feel like an imposter. Imposter syndrome, this idea that you don't know as much as, you know, your peers. And what I realized that my mere two years in the space should be a badge of honor because I've, the baseball, uh, learned and avoided many of the downfalls that the 10-year veteran has faced sure. in a mere two-year time period. And so I want anyone listening right now to feel that crypto is one of those unique beasts, which it does not require you to have sweat equity over a long period of time. Don't get me wrong. The more money you have, the bigger the results are going to be next to someone who's in that same asset. But at the same time, as we talk about wealth, probably not on this podcast, is what's next. Sure. And that's a whole minefield in itself. So for anyone listening, certainly not too late as of this recording. And what I need you to keep in mind is don't look over your shoulder saying, ah, I haven't got years experience. So that, no, that's great. So if you can, if you can study faster, then you can catch up uh, your learning curve much more quickly than if you didn't study fast. So that's uh, that's a great uh, takeaway from here. As you've spent the last three or four days here at Consensus CoinDesk, what are your impressions of the people around you, and what they what are, what are they thinking about the next big thing or trends uh, that we may be seeing over the next um, twelve to twenty four months? So from the people that I've spoken to already, and I would say it's almost a natural selection at this conference, right? The barrier to entry is you need to afford a $1,000 ticket, right? So that already is a barrier to entry. So you, what does that mean is you're going to get a certain type of person attending this event. So already they've created uh, or manufactured uh, an audience, which hopefully will be like-minded individuals. So everyone that I've met so far, um, are not in a rush to sell what they're working on or build. Instead, what I truly get a feeling for, and I might be wrong, is people understand Consensus has created an environment where good people are. And from the Global Investor Conference, there was a gentleman called Golden. and He said, whenever I have the opportunity to be in a room with good people, I'm going to take it. And since walking around the past day, and it's been day two, I've really got a sense of there's good people here. Some people may not have an objective, but that's okay because they just know whether it's magic in the air, whether uh, the law of attraction, whatever you believe in, there's good things that are coming from this conference. Oh, great. So the other thing, uh, you you did a TEDx talk and I noticed that you had like 3 million views on that. Um, what was that topic? How to read a book a day, which sounds... How to be a what? How to read a book a day. How to read a book a day. Yes. Tell us about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, my TED talk was 10 minutes long, so I recommend you go watch that and then come back and come back with all your questions. So the journey was interesting because at that point I hadn't taught anyone how to read faster, but I had. I had gone through the journey and my university grades did drop when I was reading a book a day because <laughs> it still took me two hours, Yeah. right? And... For some people, they're going to say, yeah, two hours is a long time. It is. Because uh, the average book would take you uh, probably weeks, months, if not years, till you finished it. So I went through the process myself. I'd never given a public talk before, other than school presentations. Remember, I had a lisp. I was the kid who put his hand up in class, and kids would laugh at him. So my teacher said, well, look, John, if you want to do this as a business, <laughs> you need to be able to talk to people. And you need to tell them how you did it. Yeah. And do it simply. And 
One piece of advice I'd love to give people listening right now, and it's almost not related to how to read a book a day, because you can go watch the video, is when it comes to public speaking, don't think that you have to stand up on stage and say all these big, long words. So that was a thing for me. Right? Here I am, 18 years of age. I had no beard. Arguably, I don't still now. And um, I thought that I had to prove that I was the authority. And if I wanted people to listen to me, I had to sound and look smart. What I realized was being mixed race, having tattoos, having hopefully a good sense of humor was what made me different. And that, that alone, people would gravitate towards me. But what you have to make sure that if you want a message to spread wide and far, you have to use simple language. People already know you're the authority. You know, you're already having the interview, you're on stage. So you're in front of the audience. It's your job not to lose the audience because if you confuse them, you'll lose them. So for anyone listening, if you're ever given a chance to speak in front of an audience, even one-to-one, and you want to impress someone, avoid using big words, although in crypto it's almost difficult. (laughs) Keep it simple if you want it to spread. So uh, Jordan, I'm really, really happy that you were able to share your personal journey uh, that led you to where you are at Phoenix Community community capital for you to be able to engage with the larger, broader investment environment that you're helping and assisting um, manage their wealth and hopefully creating wealth for generational uh, generations to follow. Uh, that's an important thing. So I really appreciate that. As we close out this podcast, what is a, the, a couple of words in regards to the philosophy of wealth that you would like to share with the audience? In terms of Something for everyone to remember, which is in Stoicism, there's a great saying, which is think, act and say as if you were to leave this earth right now. Let that guide everything you do. And so with your investment decisions, assume as you press enter that order that you're now going to die. Does your family know where your assets are? Do they know what to do with your assets when they get access to them? Consider your security whilst you're not there. And finally, understand being a stoic is this whole idea of giving up instant gratification for long-term gain. It's as cliche as saying no to the coke in the fridge and grabbing the water. It's the same with investing. Understand, look at your financial situation and say to yourself, do I need to touch this money now? If I was to die today, would my family, would I be... You're already dead. Would your family be okay? And so when you zoom out and you take that perspective, your investing strategy truly does change. At least it does for me. Very good. Thank you so much. Uh, That was Jordan Harry, head of PR at Phoenix Community Capital. Look them up uh, if you want to get better, learn how to study faster, and keep things simple with with a view of you're here right now making the best decisions possible. Uh, to take care of yourself and your future and your family. Jordanary, thank you so much for joining us at this podcast today. Hopefully we'll see you soon again. No doubt. Bye. Thank you. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by Grit Daily Com, the premier startup news hub. More information at gritdaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. 
Connect with your potential customers wherever they are. Effective uses Comcast viewership data insights to combine advanced targeting capabilities with premium TV and streaming content so you can deliver the best ad experiences to your audience no matter how they watch. Visit EFFECTV.com.